I'll host to begin with. Also, I, it's a good, this is a good thing. So obviously, um, Andrew's having a bit of technical difficulties back home at the moment. Um, so while he's fixing his headphones there, but actually... His, um, hang on, his technical difficulties are called his wife. Yeah, his wife is... Um, oh. <laughs> but um, actually, it's good that we got a bit of a, a, bit of a prologue for today's show. Because um, obviously, now viewers might actually be aware, but me and Evan haven't been on the same show for a little while lately, and um, it's actually because we've had a massive falling out, and we haven't been speaking to one another. And we've it's only through um, yeah. a lot of deliberation talks between Prog and Andrew that we're on the same podcast tonight. And it's I because know. a few episodes ago we were watching Taxi Driver, weren't we? And um, there was a, there was a scene in Taxi Driver, the film Taxi Driver, where Robert De Niro uh, or Travis Bickle has a piece of apple pie with a slice of cheese on top of it. Do you remember that? Eh? You were knew a... Tra Travesty, Tra Travis Travesty, yeah, Travesty Bickle. Now, I want to put this to rest, right? Now, I, 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 I did talk to you on the phone earlier, Evan, and you said you couldn't do this, but I've actually gone out to Tesco's before this, and I've got a piece of apple pie with a little bit of cheese <laughs> on top, right? And I'm going to try this once and for all to see what... Now, I've actually... It's one of those little one of those little Mr. Kipling ones you get, like that, right? Piece of cheese on top of it. Um, so, hold on. Why, why, have you put the, why have you put the pie the wrong, wrong way around? Because I um, uh, it was a bit too crumbly on the top, first off the guy, and also I wanted to put it in the microwave to get a bit of melt on the cheese, and it wouldn't really work the other way around, so I flipped it upside down. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's it's still pastry and cheese, isn't it? You know what I mean? But um, can I ask, Ad, is it is that actually apple pie? Yeah, this is apple pie. This is a this is one of those little mini apple pies you get. You know the ones you have at Christmas time usually. Yeah, they're quite nice actually, isn't it? And this is a piece of mature cheddar cheese on top of it. So I'm going to give it a go. Um, and we're going to see what it's all about. Right? I'm just going to fucking dive straight in and just give this right a go. Prog, if you want to try one yourself, there's some apple pies downstairs if you want to give it a go later on, yeah? Ready? Yeah, you okay, through. mate. You carry on. <laughs> I I know one word that might come up with his mouth here. Banging. Do you know what? I, I fucking banging. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually pretty good. You're lying there. Not I'm, I'm not. I'm not lying. I'm not that is tasty. I did not expect that to be as nice as it actually is. Okay, I want a bit more cheese on my on this next bit for you. But I'll tell you. I'll describe the flavour after I have another bite. But there's a bit more cheese on this bit for you, as you can see. But yeah. So, so this is for this is. Mm. This is the thing, all right? Because you because you melt because you melted the cheese a bit, it'll it'll alter the taste. So, no, no, no. So you got it. You've got to have it as Travis Bickle had it with just pie, thick slice of cheese, no melt. Or that is a big. That is a big. No, there's no melt. There's only a, the only melt on there. It's from the when the pie is just afterwards, but it's just kind of like softened. I, I really want to eat the rest of that. But I'm going to put it there for now because I'll be able to eat it on camera. But like. But I'll tell you what that is, right, Gary? I can see why that's so popular in America now, right? You get, like, the first thing you get is, like, a smack of the cheese, like this creamy cheese. But then all of a sudden, the apples are all, like, hey, how's it going? And then the apple and that cheese, when they mix together, it sounds weird, but that works. That is a really nice snack to have. That's too nice. And I've got, I've got about five more of them little pies downstairs in the cupboard. I'm probably going to have a piece of cheese on every, on every one of them. So that's a resounding... I'm, I'm telling you right now, if that was horrible, I would have said straight away. The peas pudding, I know it was tinned. That was a that was a rewind the movies food fail. But food from the films, 
this little, little section we do sometimes. Travis Bickle had the right idea. I can't wait for you guys to try it next week. I'll try it. it. I like cheese. I like apple pie. What's not what's not to love? I'm not gonna fucking know a bit of this shit, man. Oh. <laughs> I can't I can't let it go. I gotta finish that off. That's lovely. Do you remember oh. we in one episode we had we had a conversation about head cheese? Mm. Remember that? It was like um, a terrine oh. of yeah. like meat and jelly. And Prog mm. may have listened to this already, but this week's podcast, uh Two Bears One Cave, they talk about head cheese. In that, and it, it made me think back of that episode that we were talking about. I haven't listened to this week's one. <laughs> I um, uh, I implore you all, like uh, next week, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the next episode now. Where food from the films part two, uh, no, food from the films taxi driver part two. That's what this that's what that segment's gonna be called next week. Where Evan, Andrew, and Prog, if he's man enough, tries a piece of apple pie with cheese on it. Just get one of those. Get one of those little Bramley apple ones, those little mini Mr. Kipler ones I got. Put the cheese on top of it. Put it in the oven for about five, ten minutes, the the um, apple pie, and then just whop a little bit of cheese on top. Uh, you'd be surprised how nice that is. Can I just say, it, it's going to be wasted on me because I don't like apple pie anyway. So Okay. I mean, if you you have to like apple pie to enjoy it. So if you don't like apple pie, there's no point doing it. But yeah, we do a meetup soon, right? And the co-op do a really like big, nice apple pie. Um, I'll get one of them and we'll we'll Between melt some cheese. You, yeah. you can I have a little bit. What if, what if I hang on, what if I try lemon drizzle cake and cheese? Only if you have lemon drizzle cake and feta cheese on it. Oh can I M- mix it up a bit? Can I just say as well, I've got another surprise for tonight as well. Um I don't know whether to give a big hint of surprise. This is a big surprise tonight, by the way. This is a this surprise cost me a lot of money as well, but I bought it. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you been asking um, young men for photos and have you been spending 35 grand by any chance? I've got some great photographs to show you guys. <laughs> I've, um, no, I've got like, I, I went on eBay. I was on eBay the other night having a little bit of a late night troll on eBay and I, I, I purchased something for the, um, Segment later, actually, I'm, because for, basically, look, look how excited he is. This has been sat in my room for like a week, man. I've been, I, I've like, so basically, the guy, right? Um, do you know the section we do later on? Um, guess, uh, you know, mystery, what's it, what do they call it? The wheel of, wheel of doom, right? The wheel. The wheel. Do you know, what? actually, I'm gonna keep it a secret, I'm gonna wait till we get to the wheel of doom to do it, but uh, yeah, there's enough, there's enough uh, suspense in the air now, oh. so we'll wait till two later. Mi- two minutes of him babbling, and he's not even gonna show us, yeah. Wait till um wait till wait till Wheel of Doom, but it's gonna be great that is later. Anyone listening on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts is not gonna get you know as much enjoyment out of this. <laughs> may, um, have to, may have to edit that bit. <laughs> no, 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 keep, keep it in because like right now the viewers are like, what the fuck's what happens? So like you know they have to watch to see what happens now. You're gonna be you guys are gonna be blown away. So this week's film, it was oh, picked I, up. how professional was he then? <laughs> Try and bring it back. <laughs> Picked by the Wheel of Doom, Adam's film, I believe, um, is Full Metal Jacket. Aye, aye. Um, great film. Evans just opened a tinny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all happened, right? Uh, I'm not buying some cheese. He's drinking beer. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna, you're yeah. gonna get cancer drinking Abbott. Oh, come on. <laughs> all um, lies. So, yeah, this Ain't film... You. Hey, shut up. We're talking about a film, not food and drink. Come on. 
<laughs> Bringing it back. Unless you put a piece of cheese in that can. We'll talk about this one. I'm not going to ask who has seen it before because I'm pretty sure everyone has. But um, I hadn't seen this film for a little while and I had a really nice, pleasurable two hours watching this movie. I am... Um, I'm a big fan of it, and I've forgotten how much of a fan I was. For me, it's definitely a movie of two halves. I love the first section of this film. The first I don't know if it's an actual half, but that bit where they're in the training section, um, I, I think it is great. We'll, we'll come on to the, you know, sort of my thoughts of all of it a little bit later. But um, anyone got any distinctive memories of watching it for the first time? Yeah, no, um, I know I've seen it, but it was yeah. years ago. Go on, Ad. Yeah, yeah, so it's just um, uh, it was just well, it would have been around the same time as Taxi Driver and stuff when I was about fifteen or something. But um, getting into Stephen um, Stephen's good book, um, Stanley Kubrick in quite a big way, and um, yeah, it was just like one of those. But also, I've got a funny little story about this film as well. So um, back when I was about, just, trust me, this does link up to the film. Back when I was about fifteen, um, my uncle is like a massive like history buff and um. He used to go up to like, you know, like they have those um, war, war reenactment weekends and stuff when people just go, they just run around getting drunk, dressed up as like Nazis or Russian soldiers or whatever. He used to like, he used to like, he got my uncle, not for the Nazis, he used to be into the Russian Red Army and um, uh, he used to go there. And um, I used to go along with him because what they used to have there were like loads of like um, guns and um, like, you know, like, like these, like all these gun shows and stuff, and you could like go along and like look at all these like old wartime weaponry and stuff like that. And um, me and my uncle were there once, and we were talking to this friend of his that um, had like a stall that sold like um, replica rifles and machine guns and yada yada yada. And as we were leaving, he was like, um, "If you ever watch the film Film Metal Jacket, his hands are the sniper's hands at the end of the film." And I was like, oh, "That's pretty cool." So like, um, so you know, like at the end of the movie, spoilers alert, but then um, again, picked off by the um. Vietnamese woman that's actually a bloke's hands and his name is Martin in real life and I met him years ago when I was about 15 and I remember that made me want to go and watch the film well the entire film was was filmed in the UK wasn't it yeah all in England yeah because Stanley Kubrick didn't want to fly anyway so he just uh, filmed it there yeah it's the um the same location that Oasis filmed their video uh, (laughs) for the first single off Be Here Now Uh, do you know what I mean it's called yeah. The, the, oh. yeah, exact same location. It was um, Pinewood and um, is it Bassington? Yeah, Bassington Barracks. I think the last film he made abroad was um, The Shining, probably. Uh, that was probably the last film he made overseas. You would, have, you would have had to have gone abroad for that, wouldn't he? I'm not sure. I did he film? He did. Did he film The Shining in England, like the interior scenes, and then go to, to Colorado to get the exteriors i'm not sure but um but obviously that's the last one we would have traveled for was he british no he was no. american from new york uh, Uber i didn't think he was british but um he he, he moved over here um i think it was in the 70s because he obviously he made clockwork orange over here and um a few other films as well but yeah he just he had a family here um he just settled down in england basically loved britain he moved in the six in uh 1961 he moved over here yeah they always used quite often use British casts and stuff as well. Good director, old Coop. Uh, what about you, Ev? Did you own this in like university? I, I sometimes associate this film with you. I don't know. If, I don't know why. No, 
No, I'd, um, Jack was a private piles. <laughs> I, I can't remember when, the first time I watched this film. I think it was a bit in college, so probably around about 17 or so. Um, but yeah, I'd, I, I'd forgotten forgotten how good this film was. And I think with, with Stanley Kubrick, though, I think it, it, he's very, for me, hit and miss. Like Clockwork Orange is a prime example. The first half of it, I think, was really good, right up until they get caught and then sent to the sent to like the home for experiments. After that, it was just a oh, waste, complete waste of film for me. It was just so boring. Um, and 2001 Space Odyssey, I just couldn't get, because we studied that in media studies and it was just basically an hour of monkeys throwing bones. And I'm just like, come on, you know. Um, but no, the shy. Yeah, well, it, that's what it seemed seemed to is that I I just remember it was an hour before it actually gets into space, so I'm just like, Jesus. I got to be honest, I'm with you a bit, Dev, because um, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I've never been I've never been too taken with 2001 either, to be honest. And I've um, and it's not for lack of trying. I've tried I've tried it out twice that film, and I've never been able to connect with it. 2001. It's the one Stanley Kubrick film, one of my favorite directors. I, I just can't get into it. Can't get on board with it. Never been able to get to lock into that one. The Shining was really good. Eyes Wide Shut wasn't was decent enough, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Cockroach Orange in two thousand one. Yeah. I I don't remember him dying. Like if you'd said to me, "Oh, he's still alive," I would have been like, "Is he really?" You know, because he hasn't done anything for so long, obviously. But like, do you anyone remember him dying? Yeah. Or, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I remember it quite clearly because my uh, my grandpa Linford was a bit of a film buff um, when I was growing up. And um, this is the grandfather that showed me Terminator, all the Total Recalls and all of the um, 18 rated films, by the way. What a great it's, name as well, though. Linford. Yeah, Linford, yeah. Um, he, he was a big, he was a massive um, Kubrick fan. And um, I just remember, like, uh, it would have been, it was 99, so I would have been about 10. And I remember him saying, um, because at that point I'd seen Spartacus and um, I think I'd seen, what else? I think I'd, I think I'd seen 2001 at that point because he loved 2001, my grandfather did. And um, I remember him saying, oh, Stanley Kubrick died and he was a bit gutted about it and stuff. And I remember him saying that um, he was looking forward to watching Eyes Wide Shut, which obviously I've, I still, to this day, have never seen that film. I've never seen Eyes Wide Shut, but I remember Yeah, him, I haven't either. But I remember him saying he was looking forward to watching Eyes Wide Shut because of that. And um, and also he would he was always telling me to watch Full Metal Jacket as well, which I eventually did. So can I ask, Ad, what... What because you like Kubrick so much? What is your favorite Kubrick film? I don't know. I always get to, I, I, I kind of, I kind of drift between a sh- The Shining and A Clockwork Orange, if I'm honest. I, I can never really pick between those two films. Um, uh, you, if you ask me any other day, it'll be either one of those two. But I, I really like, um, all his other, I love all his movies really. But the only one I've never seen is Eyes Wide Shut. That's the one film by him I've never watched. Um, I've seen every other movie by him, like, and I'm talking Paths to Glory, Killer's Kiss. Uh, fear and desire i've seen all of them except for that that is the last one which is quite weird maybe we should put that forward one one week have any of you ever seen nice white shots yeah Yeah. is it a good film uh i saw it years ago and i remember it being okay i i do wonder what it would be like to watch again because it's it's kind of getting more appreciation as the year go by don't they that's what I'm hearing anyway. Or maybe that's just some of the reviewers I'm watching. I love it if we watch it for the podcast and it turns out to be like like cocktail too and prongs just like that and he's shaking his head. <laughs> cocktail yeah. too. Oh. I, I think it's quite a weird one though because um, 
it, I don't know why I've never really watched it. I, I think it's because when it came out, it had loads of like uh, bad reviews. Because I always remember my um, uh, an, my uncle telling me that I don't know if this is a lie, but he swears down. But at the time, he saw he said he, he saw the shortest review for Eyes Wide Shut, and it just said Eyes Wide Shut, nineteen ninety nine, one star, Eyes Wide Shut, full stop. That's what he said the review was. He says that's what the review we saw in a magazine. And I don't know why I always think about that whenever he, whenever he mentions it. Because I, but I, you know, I just, you know, it's a bit of a weird one, you know. That's I, like that always reminds me of Spinal Tap. Shit sandwich, yeah. Yeah. So in your review, in their review for Shark Sandwich, they just said shit sandwich. Yeah. And you can see the cast laughing as he says. He says, <laughs> "Just one review. Just shit. That's a film we should do on this podcast. Fucking spinal oh, tap, is brilliant yeah. film. Fudging, oh, sorry, fudging spinal tap is brilliant. That is great." I'll tell you exactly the first time I saw it. I rented it from Glamorgan University, um, in a VHS library. Yeah, some good films in there. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. from it. I saw a uh, poor little gobshite. My left foot in that from there. Yeah. They had an interesting selection in the library. Yeah, they? there was obviously films that are done in some sort of film study course. Yeah. Maybe. That's where I had Clockwork Orange from. And um, yeah. It's... But they they weren't the originals, though. They were always well, they like copies. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they got away with that. I know we've never done a Clockwork Orange on this podcast, but like just to have a quick mini chat about it, like before we go into, because he's, he's, he's one of those directors to Kubrick is where he's really interested in like talk about the biggies, his big films like, and um, obviously Clockwork Orange being one of them, but everyone's seen that on this podcast. You've never seen no, it? never seen Evan, it. What did you think of that one, Ev? Um, well, I, I thought up to up to the part where they get, where they get caught by the police, hmm. I thought it was really good. After that, it was... Just went downhill, big style. I, I love. Like I said, that's one of my one of my favorite movies ever, like by him and like probably ever, man. But like, I love, I love, I think it gets better when he's out of jail because um, I'm not spoiling anything for him in case we ever do it. But like, I love the old, I love all the consequences stuff. Like when he's like, and I love all the stuff with like the um, oh, what's it called? The um, convert. What's it called? The aversion therapy. Aversion therapy. Yeah, I love all the aversion therapy side effects stuff. Like, I think it's brilliant, and I love the ending. I think I think the ending's great in that movie, but um. Yeah, it's just an interesting, but but it's an interesting one that one is though because I remember that got unbanned in I think it was like the late nineties, early two thousands. I don't, it was before he died, so mid nineties, and um, I remember it was on TV. I didn't watch it at this time because I would have been a bit too young there. But um, but I always remember like it was one of those films where it was made up, but it was like the worst, most violent film ever. And when I finally watched it when I was in my teens, I was like, it was a good film, but it wasn't that violent. I just remember being like, I because I the way it was said to me back in the days of hearsay was basically it was like um a beheading and gutting of some person every four seconds and just full of like uh, the r word and like so i was always a bit like whoa this is going to be an intense film and when i watched it, i was like okay it was pretty disturbing but he <laughs> as bad as people made out do you know what i mean i'm racking my brains though r word you know because um, it ends in a d no, I not that one. Our word is in sexual assault. Ah, you know, right. I was being. I was. Why can't you say rape? You got, well, you're not supposed to say it on YouTube. Either. You get demonetized for it. I was being good. I was like, being, <laughs> you gotta make money first, lad. I know, but like, you got, I, was <laughs> be, I was trying to be like all good for YouTube. Then <laughs> I was up. going through my head, like of all like racial slurs and yeah. w- w- actually, I said 
an R word the other day, which I had to beep out. Well, do you know but, what? Uh, the reason I, I said... The reason oh, I said, the tard. <laughs> when I was, um, yeah, describing horror in the page master. Yeah, it was bad, that was. But, like, I was... I was, I, was I, I had to go and have a lie down after that. I was really offended. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Um, no, no. The, the reason I said R word is because I watch all of these, like, crime videos on YouTube. And whenever they come up to, like... We're gonna say we're gonna say like sexual assault and rape. They always go. They were essayed or they were R worded. They, they, I always think to myself, God, that must those. So because of that, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be good for an Andrew show and censor myself a bit. But um, you know, like, I, like <laughs> I'm always never mind all the f bombs he's put in there already. I, you know, whenever I say fuck, I say fudge right afterwards. So you, you know, I'm helping you out. Stuff so is fine. You know, it only helps the audience just know the word that I either beep out or I silence. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so it goes anyway. Um. Sorry, let's, let's bring it back to uh, Kubrick. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Favourite aspects, what people got? I'll go first. Sorry, I want to get in there. Um, Arlie Ermey, the hands down the best thing about this film. I, I, I will die on that on that hill with this. I, I, I'll he, join he, you on that. Oh, Gen- is, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. Yeah, he's immense from start to finish. It, it's, and it, it was it was funny, I don't know, I, I don't know whether... Whether you, you know the story, and I'll, I'll I'll sort of try and remember, but he was the military advisor on the film. He wasn't mm-hmm. actually he wasn't actually cast, and it and, and he really wanted the part. So he was so at every at every opportunity, I think he was actually doing the scenes himself. And um and Kubrick liked him so much, he let it he let him ad lib most of his lines. What yeah. if the um, what if the only actors he ever ad lib along with Peter Sellers as well? He never let people ad lib. Kubrick. Yeah. He was also in another war film. Do you know it? I know he's in Sad Man. Yeah, no. he's in Toy Story as well. I, I believe he was also in Platoon as um as a helicopter pilot, I think. Really? I could be wrong with that. There's another reason as to why Ali Omri was um or oh, Ali Omri was um Cast in this. Does anyone know uh, the other reason why? There's a because he was an ex sergeant. No, 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 no. Um, Ed Harris was actually asked to play um, the drill sergeant in this, and Ed Harris turned it down because he didn't want to play that kind of guy, and he actually really regrets that decision to this day. He's saying he's like one of the most foolish choices he made was turning down, uh, obviously, the chance to work with Kubrick, and um, because he kind of, and then obviously Kubrick was a bit like, well, like. Basically, what Evan said, everything, what everything, what Evan said, basically. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but it's kind of cool that Ed Harris is the reason Ali Emery had a career in a way. I, I like Ed Harris, but the, there's only one person that plays that role for me. Oh God, yeah. But the thing Brilliant. is, you think about think about how good an actor Ali Emery was. Like he, he loads of great movies, man. And like, um, he's brilliant in the Texas Chainsaw remake. Yeah, he is fucking abs- fudging absolutely right. Yeah, he's in that. And um and the frighteners. I don't remember him in that. And and an evil woman. That's a that's, that's another cool film he's in. And um when he goes out with Jack Black. And uh just to say to Andrew, he's not in Platoon, he's in Apocalypse. Apocalypse now. No, I knew he was one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that, yeah. But um and um and the Sarge in Toy Story, right? Yeah. Again, yeah. that's that's one of the that's one of the best parts in Toy Story, and it's just a little five ten second burst when he's like I, when he 
when he's having Slayton Woody about his yeah. honour and calling him a dude bag. Oh, it's brilliant. He's got he's got my favourite line in all of seven as well. This ain't even my desk. <laughs> my desk. He was just a rest in peace to the guy. What what a cool guy though to be that naturally an incredible actor. Because you think, right? You think how hard acting is, right? Uh, you think how hard it is to get into acting as well, right? The guy uh had no intentions of ever being an actor. He's just military man. And yeah, he just absolutely smashed it on his like first film project. And yeah, just had a great career afterwards and like did loads of great movies. Rest in peace, what a ledge. Like I can't even sort of like reenact the the lines that he does. I can't even say like one or two without messing it up. And he just he ah oh, throughout the film, he's just perfect saying it. Every Sound one of them off. lines. Sound off like you got a pair. What's the word where he says, I will rip your head off and skull fuck you? <laughs> Brilliant, man. Oh, and he wrote, wrote all his own dialogue as well for it. Well, um, nice. I've I got a few more. I'll rattle these off. The, the, the camera work as well, I think, is, I think is really good in, in, um, in this film. Not just the long Ev. shots. Yes, yeah. cinematography, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, not just the long shots because you know I love a long shot, yeah. but the point of view shots, how they have how they have Hartman um, berating the camera um, in certain parts of the tra- the training, and when they go, when when they finally get to the get the hotel two five, and it's it's got the birthday party for the for the Viet Cong guy who's dead, that 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 point of view shot there, so so it's got like. I don't, know, I don't know what he's called, Crazy Earl or whatever his name is. He's talking to the camera and stuff like that. Um, yeah. The also, best birthday scene, though, Ev, is that when they're singing Happy Birthday to Jesus, I laugh so much every <laughs> time I see it. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Brilliant. Jesus. Um, the, um, the score, I think, is really good. As well, the, the well, the score and the soundtrack, I think, is really yeah. good. Um, Surf, surfing bird, Oof, what a oh, well, <laughs> I've got um, favorite aspects soundtrack, except surfing bird. What? I, 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 I hate, oh. I hate it with a passion. Do, is it, is anyone, bird? Everybody knows about the word, is yeah. it that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a bit Does anyone know? Anyone know who did the soundtrack to this? this yeah, the score, his daughter. Vivian Kubrick, yeah, yeah. under Ab- Abigail something. Assume him is. I don't know whether she has a weird name on it, like Abigail something. But um, yeah, she daughter. She did the making of um, the making of documentary as well, which is one of the only so, some rare filmed footage of Kubrick as well. Um, I'll, I'll, this one last thing, and I'll shut up for a while. Um, when when Mister Touchdown gets killed, going back to the camera work, when when he gets killed. The camera work, how they have, how it's almost like you're part of the squad, how it goes up and around, almost like, like in, I don't know, when they're like in, they're moving out in formation, so to speak. So it's like one after the other, and you see, you see all the, um, you see the soldiers running by you, and you're, you're almost, you're almost at like waist level as you would be if you're ducking down, holding the gun, going forward with the squad. I think that's really good too. The, um, yeah. It, 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 the the uh, the camera work in the war stuff is brilliant at the end. I love I love because it's got it's. Sorry, you're finished, right, Ev? Um, I am. 
Sorry, I'll, I'll finish. Yeah. Like my, one of my, I'm not going to go too into the favorite aspects, but this is like a controversial one because this is sometimes some people's least favorite aspect. But I really like the fact it's a film of two halves. Now, I'm not going to get into which half I think is better, but I, you know, obviously the, the boot camp stuff is great, right? Is that, and, and yeah, I agree. It could be a movie of its own, uh, of, uh, you know, just, just set there. But I really like the fact that, like, because to, to me, the movie's always been about, the film's always, to me, it's always been about desensitization, like how you use humor as a coping mechanism in, like, the face of just atrocities, basically. So it's obviously an anti-war film. Let's just be real, right? And, um, you know, because every scene in the movie, is there's nothing in that film, or there's not many scenes in that film which aren't punctuated with humor, even if it's really dark humor. But like most scenes in that film, they have like a gag in there. They have a joke and stuff. But they might be pitch black and bleak, but they usually have some sort of like some horrible banterous dialogue or some like or like some like you know, you know what I mean? It's it's a, it's a pitch black. Co- it's, I thought it was classed the film as a comedy movie, right? It's like a black comedy. Um, but yeah, and I, I just think that like, but also. The second half of the movie has this, this, this really cool thing I always found where like, because it's such an anti-war film, the film is kind of make is kind of like a, a weird comment on the war film at the same time. So some some of the explosions at the end of it, when you watch it, they're really bombastic and over the top, especially for the Kubrick movie. And yet a bit like it, it, it's almost because he was always quite secretive about what his message was stuff. And obviously everyone's takeaway from a film is different, right? But um, I was always a bit like, I wonder if this is him just being like, oh, this is my sort of piss take of like uh, the modern Hollywood action movie and stuff. I just, I, I really like the fact is two, the film is just two movies back to back. I've always really enjoyed that aspect of it. But, um, but yeah, that's what my favorite aspect of it. Prague, what have you got? Uh, they've already been said. Cinematography and Ali Emery. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add. The same with me. I, I've got um, so, uh, Gunry Sergeant Hartman and the soundtrack. Um, but I I love like a Vietnam War movie and soundtrack because as long as you're picking the songs from that sort of era, they can go wrong. The only thing is, right, there's a bit of a shock because every other film has got this song in there. It hasn't got Fortunate Son in it. Which probably is yes. a good thing because every bloody other movie does have it in there. It doesn't have um, it doesn't have all along the watchtower either. Yeah, in it, it, it's a surprise that it's normally a helicopter's coming in, and you hear that wow, ding 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 I do love Fortunate Son, admittedly. Uh, it's, but it's got a great closing song. I know it's an overplayed song. I love Painted Black coming in at the end credits. So I think that's a Nice little, uh, you know, paper I, I think you're okay, though, if you were the first film to have that song in it. Yeah. What is the first film to have that song? Fortunate Son. Let's have a look. Let's Google it. It's so okay. iconic in it. Most of them have it in there. It's like, uh, what's that Buffalo Springfield song? For what it's worth. What it's worth, yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure F- Forrest Gump. Yeah. Forrest Gump definitely have it added in there, but I don't know if Forrest Gump was the first film to have it in there. But once I watched Forrest Gump, I heard it in every war film after that. Right. All along the Watchtower, I think I'm going to find out what the first film to use that was, right? Can we can we just say, though, the first war film? I have I, 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 yeah. Okay. 
Uh, no, oh my god, that's quite interesting actually. Um, yeah, the first war film it seems to be to have had um, all along the Watchtower was Forrest Gump. Really? Yeah, not the first film, not the first film to have it, but um, according to, oh, actually, with it, this does say the five best uses of it. Okay, so maybe I thought that was the first. Uh, I think if you went on the Wikipedia page of All Along the Watchtower, I'd tell you, wouldn't it? Films with All Along the Watchtower. But then, if you if you think about it, how how many specifically Vietnam War films? There's quite a few, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, you got like you know, just off the top of your head, you got Apocalypse Now, The Deer Hunter, Casualties of War, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, Forrest Gump. If you want to, if you want to take that little section in, that's six already. Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. So, sorry, that that's fortunate, sir. Not all along the Watchtower. <laughs> I thought you were telling us in Vietnam War films. I know, yeah. Pinocchio Vietnam War films. Jesus. Uh, you know uh, so I'm just I can't really find the list of it. But can I just say a oh, big shout out? I haven't listened to Jimi Hendrix in a while, and um, I'm not, I, I, I've always been a big fan of Jimi Hendrix. I've always thought he was really good, and. Um, the Jim, uh, that, that album, Jimi Hendrix Experience, is brilliant. Yeah, I do like that album, but my favourite album by him was one of the... Um, oh, what's it called? It's like it's like well, it's when he was in a band, Band of Gypsies. Um, is it like... Um, oh, it's brilliant, that is. I used, to have it, I used to have it on CD. I used to listen to it all the time. It's got like a... It's like him with a guitar on the front cover. It's like a yellow sort of effect on it. But, um, yeah, Band of Gypsies. Oh, it's, it is a Jimi Hendrix album, sorry. It's Band of Gypsies, a live album by Jimi Hendrix. But, uh, yeah, brilliant, that is. Um, really good, and um, they're all good. But um, recommend any music fans who who never heard Jimi Hendrix before, uh, check out Band of Gypsies. Forrest Gump was the first movie to use Fortunate Son and a helicopter in the same scene. Well, supposedly, does that feel right to you? No. Oh, it feels wrong. It feels like it's been out for years before. Others have used it, but they they were the first one to use those two things together. Like in my head, I just picture Fortunate Son and a helicopter in every Vietnam War movie. In in fairness, then that's the impact that that film has had on you, isn't it? That you've just now associated that song with other war films. Well, even Family Guy parodied it. Parodied it. They they have um quagmire sort of yeah, and and all of them I think in the helicopter flying it out. I've seen South Park parody that as well, but like. You just hear that voice, it ain't me, it ain't me. <laughs> and Tropic Thunder did it as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. that's a great film. <laughs> we, should, we should do that one soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, come on, let's go on to favorite scenes. I'll do mine quickly, and oh, it's God. basically um, two two scenes the first opening scene with the barbershop. I, lo- I love that. It's just everyone just sat there like, and you can see their faces. None of them want to be there sort of thing. They've obviously all been listed in. Um, and that, funnily enough, was the last scene ever shot by that for, for, for the film. So all the actors were really pissed off that their hair had grown back <laughs> and they had to shave it again. <laughs> uh, and then the first scene that you get with... Um, uh, the scene straight after it, they're all in the in the, the dorms or the bunks or whatever, and you meet um, Hartman for the yeah, first right. time going through everyone. You like that opening sort of 10-minute sequence. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I sat down, right, 
with my um, laptop by the side of me. And normally I'm making notes for the first couple of minutes of the films, you know, just getting everything ready. And I, I just sat there and watched it and I forgot about the laptop and I just was so engrossed and I forgot how much I loved that opening sequence. Yeah. Uh, so um, there's, there's my two. Can I go next? Because you boys went in deep on other stuff. I got, I got a favourite scene and then... Obviously, the section at the end where they're trying to get the sniper, I think, is brilliant filmmaking. I think it's great. But my favourite scene is Pyle killing the the drill sergeant. I think the mood of that scene is amazing. I think the music in that scene, that sort of like uh, slow but methodical undercurrent of like doomy sound that you get, Mm-hmm. I, it's, the vibe and atmosphere in that scene I think is excellent and to me that's when Kubrick is at his best is when he's a because that scene goes on for you think I, I forgot about it that scene goes on for about five minutes and it's just basically two people talking in the toilet and then one of them shoots someone and then shoots himself and I just it seemed to go by in in a flash for me so I, yeah I, I loved that on a rewatch yeah, great, great scene. The um, yeah, I just I always remember the first time you see the bit when he blows his head off. It's quite shocking. The first time we watch it, it's nasty. No, but it's just like, but um, and the yeah. effect, the effect of him shooting his own head off was good as well. I was yeah. trying to work out where the blood came from. Like, did he have something on the back of his head that shot he off? Have, yeah, he would have had uh, what what are they call um a squid. But, but like I you know normally they're like a little explosion aren't they and you know you hear stories about people who have put on a squib the wrong way round and it like, really hurts them but like I so I was wondering whether he was shot from like from the side of him but well, it's a really good effect however they did it is I think I they might have put it on the back of the toilet oh yeah, yeah I wonder if they put it on the back of the toilet and just like a quick quick clever edit they just looks this watch this watch the, I'm gonna watch the bit right now and see if I can figure it out um Anyone watching or listening, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I put it up. I put it up, on, I put it up on the screen now. We can figure it out. This is this part of the um this part of the podcast is called um um deciphering the special effects. Rewind the effects. I'm gonna watch. That that's the, that scene is is particularly good no, just for the no, just for the. Not, it must have been. Sorry, Evan. Um, it must oh, no, have been go Watch it now, yeah. It was definitely. I'm not going to show it because it is. It, I think um, you know, just against the violence thing and all that. But like, yeah, it it, it you see a blank wall behind him and it bloop on the wall. So like, um, yeah. It's... Uh, does it cut? Does it go back or does it spray up a bit? I think it, it just goes straight out, doesn't it? If it goes, it kind of... out, it'll be on the back of his head. Then I'm on a frame by frame right now. Man. I'm watching this guy die in the most detailed way ever. With the he's got he's he's put his, he's put his toe on the trigger, no, his hand on the trigger. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a squib. But actually, it might come from the side. Like it might, it might be that they threw something. That's that's what I was trying to work out. You know, you can't really see it. Okay. Good effect. Either Good effect. way, it's it's a great scene. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Ev? Sorry. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say you, the the build up long before that is is what makes it as well. Like you can tell from from the Lee Harvey Oswald questions that Hartman's doing to the group about how 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 like. You know, one, um, one, one motivated marine and his rifle can do whatever. You see in his face that he's already lost it, and, and it's from that point you can t- you, you almost know what's going to happen. 
So can I ask a quick question about this, right? Um, so Private Piles, he he's really struggling at the beginning, and then he sort of turns it round, and you know, with, with Joker's help, he you know he he, he passes, you know he you know he is it called passing out or whatever you do, he graduates, right? And I was wondering, so why does he flip? Is it the fact that it's been a build up and build up and build up and um and and something just clicks within him, or is it the fact that now he's got to go on and he's probably come quite comfortable and used to that training section? I'm I just think- gonna say, I'm going to say this now. This is one of my issues with the film. Well, I've I've got um I've always thought it was the isolation that makes him go like that because I think that after he gets battered with the soap bars. I think it's just because he says he's talking to Joker a bit later on. He's talking about like I'm all he's saying to him how he feels like everyone hates him and stuff and everyone's against him. So I've always taken that. I I have no problem with that at all. I think it's I think it's just the isolation of it and also the um uh, there is boot camps th- those boot camp uh, places. I mean the old the old thing where like it, they 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 tear someone down to build them back up. It can fudge you up. It can it can really like. It can really mess with your. It can really mess with that sort of mental framework you have. So I've always, I've always thought that section of them is a comment on that, basically that that sort of like on that style of training. I, 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 I will, I, I'll concede everything you've said there. I, I completely understand your interpretation, and I would believe that that's what Kubrick and the writers are going for. My issue is, is that in the portrayal. I don't get that. I don't get the the switch being flipped in him. I don't see where it happens. If it had been a slow degradation and it had been no support from the drill sergeant, then I could understand him finally switching or flipping and killing the drill sergeant. But you have that sequence where the drill sergeant is praising him for being a sniper. And when I was watching it, I was... Like, obviously, I'd seen it before, so I knew what was happening. But watching it this time, I was like, he's praising him now. He's found something he's good at. Where's the switch for him to go nuts? And that's why I questioned is the fact is, has he become institutionalised within the training? And that's his comfort zone. And now that he has to go on to war, hmm. he's, had some, he's had some form of breakdown because he, he, he doesn't feel he's going to be able to cope with the next section. Yeah. I mean... Let's be honest, right? It's, this is Stanley Kubrick. He goes over his scripts and his films with a fine-tooth comb, right? So I've got no doubt that it was his intention to not have it be obvious what the breaking point for Pyle was or where the exact breaking point was. I think when I was watching it this time, it just didn't sit well with me personally that I didn't get that sort of feeling of, okay, I can see why that happened. I, I just always, I've always just taken it that the guy just has a severe mental breakdown. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Caused yeah. by caused by isolation. I think he's gone even when, um, even when the even when Ali Emery's telling him he's good at shooting. I think he's gone then. I think as soon as that, as soon as the bars of soap come out, I think that's the end for him. I think after that, he's just like he. He's just, he's done. He, like, you know, he's hes completely done then after that. I can I ask you, can I ask you, Ad, um, maybe it's something I missed then, but do you know after the bars of soap incident? Yeah. 
is there anything is there a scene that i've i've not like realized or like a, a line of dialogue that i've missed where it's you personally have said to yourself oh he's definitely gone or is it just the, the lingering camera work after that's happened and you can see it in his face i just think it's the actual scene when he gets hit with the soap i think i mean imagine like imagine this right guy going you know you go to the army and um and like you go to the army and uh you you know you got you got the um you got the looming threat of war hanging over you so you you know you're already in a pretty rough place anyway right uh you're the fat guy there you you're, you're ripped on by everyone and then you have a night it's a traumatic thing to happen man you know you know you, you that's a horrible scene to watch that's really uh, that is one of the i would put that i'd say that scene is as disturbing as the um as, as the suicide scene right when they all smashed him with the soap and that bit where Joker doesn't want to do it, but he has to do it because he'll get his head kicked in if he doesn't by the other... Oh, Joy, don't, don't get me wrong, Joker doesn't want to do it. He hits him yeah. about ten times in the end, the bastard. <laughs> I know, but, he's, but it's that thing in it, but he's like, if I, if I don't do it, I'm going to get... The worst like, thing about that scene, right, is they hold him down, don't they? So they, mm. they hold down yeah. the sheet so he can't move. So he has no opportunity to even cover his balls. Yeah. And at least one of them smashed him in the nuts. Oh god, yeah. Oh, I'd have a breakdown if I got smashed in the nuts like that. That's for sure. But like, it's just. Are, we, I, 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 are we talking about this too much? Do you want? Sorry, Ad. Do you want to go on to your favorite scene? Oh, it's interesting, man. It's like, it's interesting to break it down. But I've always taken that, like that soap bar beating. I just think that that's like it's not saying he has the mental breakdown there, but I just think that's like that's where the decline begins. Yeah. I just think that like he has no support network there other than, and you think I know that I know what the drill sergeant says good shooting and stuff to him but he has no peer support there at all he's just and you know i just think that that's that's that is the bit of the film which and also his other stuff in the film as well like another horrible bit is when he makes him eat the donuts in front of everyone which i know is what leads to that bit but that's a horrible yeah. scene to watch that's really not a nice but that's what i'm talking about earlier like and that's another example of the film. Everything's always punctuated with a sick, dark sense of humour. Mm. Where they like, make what? him suck his thumb, didn't they, with the trousers yeah. around his ankles, carrying his gun. Yeah, because that's amusing to Ali Emery's character. And like, and obviously, the, and not, it's not a ha-ha funny scene. But that's the thing with the film. It's like, it, it's always, it always has this really twisted, sometimes twisted sort of like humour in there. And like, it just, like, so... But sometimes it makes you laugh, and sometimes it just fucking disturbs you. Fudging disturbs you, you know what I mean? So, like, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's really, I, I just think it's quite clever that stuff is. But, um, yeah, that's my. That's and also, me. soap back in the day, they were chunky bars, weren't they? You think yeah. back to when we used to use a bar of soap in the 80s. I know this is, isn't the 80s, this is about 60s. You know, yeah. like a dev soap, they were chunky mothers. Imperial still, leather. I still, I still use soap. <laughs> I, there, was, there was a green one that I used to use. And I try, I'm just trying to Google it now. I can't think what it I'm is. I'm just going to say now, as a bald man, there's no point in me having shower gel because I can't get the lather. <laughs> you I, can't get the, I can't get the suds, can I? Well, it depends if you've got hair elsewhere. No, I, keep, I keep that quite trim as well. <laughs> what, what about you, Ev? Have you got any favourite scenes? In the, well, what's your favourite scenes in this one? But... Um, I... T- I, I... Got a few. There's too. There's too many to to pick one out. I think. Um, but he's going to do it anyway. Yeah. No, just like we, we, you've already t- you've already touched on like the suicide scene and the 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 um the haircutting scene. That's what I like about the credits. Don't fuck about. It's basically it's like 
Stanley Kubrick film out of the jacket and then they go straight into the film and it, and and all of them look either terrified or completely fucked off that they're there. Um, Where's all these F-bombs coming from, Ed? It's, it's not like you. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm making it for Adam. It's the quote. We've got to hit the quota before... before uh, <laughs> we before we've hit that quota for the year. Got to give Adam <laughs> do something to do with the end. But, but like, just just how it how it shows almost like the, the every side every side to to war like you have you have the mental nutcases like the like the the sick the sick bastard gunner in the, in the in the chopper when he when when he's saying or oh, you know how can you kill women and children and he's like you know you you don't you don't hurt them as much or or, or whatever he says um then you've got the colonel at the mass grave, how he's so blinkered and racist that you that he just thinks everyone's an Ameri- everyone has an American trying to get out of themselves. Um I know like but I got I gotta do a shout out to the, the, the scene right at the end when they're all standing over the sniper and 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 it's the point of view shot as well, like they're saying, Oh, you know, and she's she's telling them to shoot her and and, and even even so they the the you know, Joker still doesn't know whether he's whether he's going to do it or not. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't pick one out. So I went for loads. Yeah, to be honest, but you you guys have all kind of touched upon. You, you're all saying stuff I would have said anyway. To be honest, all three of you there, but um, but uh, yeah, I love like obviously favorite scenes would probably be like the stuff, most of the stuff in the um, at the boot camp, um, especially the scene, the suicide scene, because let's not get through this. Just as a great great bit of acting and uh, filmmaking right there. Uh, but I, I, I love when we first go to Vietnam as well, because like, and what's even cooler about that is when you watch it, but this, that's England. That's, that's, that is England. Like, it's so weird that every frame in this movie is England when they're outside. Uh, it's just really, like, it's it's cool to watch sometimes. You just catch yourself and be like, that's, you know, you really do forget that uh, you're not in the actual... You know, yeah, I, I had the of... biggest shock when I read that last night. That, yeah. yeah. Wow. It gives you a lot of appreciation for production, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's not one bit in that film that makes me think that it's not in Vietnam or or the US when they have their tra- initial training. Uh, but the, the when they when they first go to Vietnam is it's quite it's quite funny when when they're on about the Tet ceasefire or whatever it is, and then they have that attack on the um on the base. And basically, they're all like they're all bravado uh, beforehand, saying, "Oh, you know, I need to, I need to get in the shit and see some action or whatever." And then all of a sudden, the air raid, air raid siren goes off, and they're running to the post. And then you can see all of them scared shitless. And even even Joga says, "Oh, you know, I'm not ready for this." You know, um, yeah, it was, that was a nice touch. Another, I tell you, another thing this film started up as well is uh, another a parody. This film has started up forever. Is the um, Vietnamese prostitute character. <laughs> yeah. Bukhu, yeah. Uh, Bukhu. Yeah. I was just, I'm, I'm, yeah. No one's meant no one's mentioned that. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. That has been parodied in so many things since that. I've seen it. It was the South Park episode with Cartman. Was it Cartman gets hit, falls off a cow and hits his head and thinks he's a Vietnamese prostitute called Ming Lee. And he just kind of goes around all he's like Going around saying sucky sucky, only ten dollar. He's saying that all the time in the end. Um you, you, know, yeah, for a, you know for a fact though, right? There are groups of boys in their late teens, early twenties who are saying stuff like that to themselves, having a laugh, and they don't even know it's from Full Metal Jacket. No, it's it's, it's crazy. Like because whenever I watch it, I was like, oh yeah, that's the birth of that. That's the birth of that trope. The Vietnamese yeah. or the or the Asian or Taiwanese prostitute that says sucky sucky. 
that's where it comes from is full metal jacket it's so it's such a weird like thing i think probably the most probably the most memorable thing from the movie actually i'm not saying that's the best thing in the movie but the thing that's caught on the most in pop culture afterwards <laughs> is probably that prostitute character yeah weirdly and surfing bird which oh, I know, surfing I'm, not bird. I'm not saying it was made for the movie but um but obviously surfing bird has come up in like family guy and stuff and i, I i'm willing to bet that this film is kind of one of the reasons that that song has such a everlasting legacy you've got to admit that oh sorry that that um that song is perfect for when they're going across like when they're saying vietnam the movie and all that lot and it's that song's perfect for that like yeah i i i i don't go wrong and i'm with you right i'm not going to sit down and listen to that song because it it is annoying right but uh, in that film it works i do think it does i do i I, I, I agree i i I do agree it's you know it's it's just I yeah I do hate the song but it works in that one I would I would agree with that so come on let's move on to um, changes um, I I'm just gonna say quickly I love the boot camp half of the film I struggle a little bit with the Vietnam element and I don't and I was trying to put my finger on what it was last night I don't know if I needed a bit more out of it. It's, it's, uh, yes, it's a, it's a really difficult one. I think it's because I love the first half so much as well. And it, it is definitely a, a, um, a movie of two halves. So I, I, I'm not going to linger on it. But, yeah, I could watch a full movie of just the boot camp stuff. I think it's also why I love... Um, what's the... Um... Renaissance man. No, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know Adam <laughs> hates that. But what's the other one? Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. I I, it's, it's, it's a terrible film, I know. But I got a soft spot for it. And maybe I just, I just love that sort of genre of the, boot camp. I know it's going to be on the Wheel of Doom at one point. It's, going to have, it's, <laughs> it's just going to be on there, I know. Sweet, 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 sweet. Well, hey, we should do that. I haven't seen that in years. And then the other bit, I, I it really got on my nerves. Um, why does Joker do his John Wayne impression all the time? Because John Wayne is was the archetypal American tough, all American tough guy. He just got on my tits. I, I love the first time he does it though. Uh, when he goes, "Are you John Wayne?" I, I love that bit because I love Ali Emery's reaction to it. Who yeah. said that? And he's like, "I just, I actually, I'm a bit scared for him in that scene where, he, where like Ali Emery just starts fucking. He's just like a shark fucking bouncing around." Bruce said, and I think that's great. That bit, you know what I mean. Uh, uh, you know wh- why I struggle a bit with it is because you know you associate John Wayne and he goes in pilgrims and all whatever he says right each time, and it's not John Wayne in the war. It's John, you know, John Wayne when he's in a western. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Joker would have been a fan of the John Wayne westerns, like like he would have been a kid as things like The Searchers yeah. and like Rio Bravo and stuff. So John Wayne would have been his childhood hero. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. he's so... And maybe it's because I'm removed from that sort of era and things. That's uh, maybe why I'm not necessarily getting it, but... Isn't, isn't, the, isn't the film set in 67 and 68? Yeah. 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 But like it would... It's, it's, it's not like an assumption. It's, 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 they're all Americans, right? I mean... Yeah, well, I suppose it's cultural... Yeah, was what was happening at the time, isn't it? And, and like, yeah. like you think about like they would have been kids in like the, the late forties, yeah, the late, late mid mid forties and stuff. Like Jesus Christ, John Wayne was like 
they would have been was like the biggest movie star in the world then. So like they would have grown up like John Wayne was their Schwarzenegger to us. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're gonna love oh, it. Remind me later. I got a Schwarzenegger link to this oh, movie. I'm I'm bringing it up right now because it's one of the issues I have with the film. What? I don't mind that Adam Baldwin, but as soon as I knew that Arnold Schwarzenegger was first asked to play that role. I couldn't look at it any other way. <laughs> he turned it down to do Running Man instead. Yeah. Now, I don't blame Arnie for doing Running Man. I think we all enjoy that Running Man. But I would have loved to have had Arnie in this film. Um, I don't know about that. Like, like don't go wrong. I'm not saying I love Arnie. I, I, I adore Arnie, like, all right. But it would have been really jarring to have just been watching, like, what's, like all the other actors. Like, wasn't it Matthew Molden? Matthew Molden? What's his name? Modine. Modine, yeah. And then just Arnie now. Just... I don't think Arnie ever works when he's not the leading man in a movie, if that makes sense. Has he ever been, apart from like yeah. his early, early stuff, I know, but think of another film where he's not been the leading man from uh, the 80s. I know Terminator. No, I know when straight away. He is the lead in Terminator. He's the lead villain. Not the lead in, he's not the lead. He's the lead villain in Terminator. He's, 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 the, he's, he's, the dry, he's the story of the movie. But like, but, no, Linda Hamilton's the story. Oh, three of them are leads, but he is the, he's the, anyway, we're not okay, arguing about that. Come on, yeah. The film I'm going to put forward for that is um, a film called, it's got two titles. It's known in this country as Cactus Jack uh, and it's known in um, abroad as uh, The Villain. Uh, but Cactus Jack is, oh, I know, I used to love it when I was a kid. It's a Western comedy and he plays a character called The Handsome Stranger and um, he's dubbed over with an American accent. Oh, yeah, but this is early, early on, yeah, this, isn't it? Yeah, but it's still a film where he's not the main lead. He's like, he's oh. like, he's... he's... I got Sorry. one. I got, I got one. Um... Around the world in eighty days, he was he played a bit part in that. Yeah, cameo. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know you cut that. I meant like early films. I did like when he was just like. Oh, I'm, no, gonna, no. I'm gonna look him up now. Um, but I was when I was a kid, it was weird because you'd be like, I, I'd seen Terminator at this point, and then I'm just seeing Arnie just being like, or like, come on, lady. Do you know the other one who um, turned down a role in this? Adam, one of Adam's favorite actors. Oh um, no. No. I'm be I'm being a bit um, funny with that. Um, Denzel Washington w- was asked to play eight ball. Really? Oh, I would have been early on in his career as well. Yeah, he, he, um, he, he didn't have time to. This, he didn't have time to read the script before auditioning, um, and he said um, he regrets turning down the role. Wasn't wasn't this? Do you say this was done in eighty seven? Didn't yeah. yeah. What wasn't Arnie? Doing Predator at this point, or yeah. he just done Predator? Just done Predator, oh, okay. but it is Kubrick asking him. It is not like it's not like um, it's it's like the best director and the best living director at that time. Uh, a guy that could get any amount of money and time to make a movie from Warner Brothers, you know, if he asks you to make it, it's a big person to turn down for a role. I think, I think, I think Spielberg had that mantle at that time. Ad, no, we've got we're, no, we're going to get into this right now. Spoots. Kubrick had more sway than Spielberg at this time. There's there's no other person, right? Spielberg would not have been able to go and film a horror movie based on a Stephen King book for like a year and a half. Like, not this, that, hang, no on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I agree with you. In 1980, he wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But in 86, he would have been able to do whatever the hell he wanted because he had just done Indiana Jones and he just done E.T., you know, man, Kubrick had that. He did the moon landing footage, didn't he? So he had that thing. He had that government pass. I'm joking. People say that, don't they? But he did the moon landing footage, and um, 
that's what yeah. is a theory that that's what afforded him all of this like this wealth of time and budgets this 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 budgets with no roof and stuff on his movies but um yeah right come on let's wrap this up what other um changes have I, we got? i've got a massive one and what? it's it's an issue i have with the film and it's pacing well and uh it actually this is one that runs deep for me with kubrick i've got a I either really, really like a Kubrick film. Like if it hits me, I'm all in. But if it, if I find my interest is waning at, at certain points in the film, I can't, I can't give, I can't get into the film properly or entirely. And from, and then I don't see the film as enjoyable. And unfortunately, this is one of those films. So at what like, point do you think you lose interest? From the start. Oh, really? Yeah. In Albert. Right. I'm gonna say you know, right? I'm not saying I dislike the film at all. I've got a loads of admiration for Kubrick. I love the look of his films. Just the look alone, the cinematography will get me watching a Kubrick film. And I love his attention to detail. I I admire that he takes his time in a film to tell a proper story. But because of that, I sometimes have issues with the pacing. And the first half of the film, or the first portion of the film where they're training, while I appreciate why he wants to do it and his need for doing it, I don't enjoy watching it. I enjoy the second half more, but I even have one or two issues in the second half with certain sections where I think to myself, yeah, I don't really need to see this, or, you know, I, you know, for me, it's not hitting the mark, that type of stuff. So, Adam Steven, and he look at it. <laughs> I can see the so, steam coming out of his ears. So wrong. The, the disgust on his face is just. <laughs> I knew I'd have him back for ET one day. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just for comedy. I can't really say anything to that. It's just like so. Frog's so right in two. So preposterous. <laughs> well, no, uh, I think I think what I've just said is a perfect example of just it's my personal taste. That's all it is. Like I've said, I'm not saying there's anything substantially wrong with the film or the way the film's put together or the story is trying to tell. It's just for me, it doesn't doesn't really hit home. Not a glowing review. Ad, you go on. No, not really. No, I don't really have any changes. <laughs> I've never had any changes. I've always thought it was a pretty spot on movie, to be honest. I mean, um, you uh, know, you yeah. normally have issues with some of the casting in films. You, are you happy with everything there? Oh, the casting's great in this film. It's weird because the the casting. I always loved the casting in Kubrick films, but also the guy was so this guy was so anal about his casting. Like he would just spend. Like, did you know that? Like. Oh, what's his name again? I always forget his name. The guy who plays Joker, Matthew Modine. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be, it was three actors supposed to be. It was Val Kilmer, was was one of the actors he had. Then he had um it was he had three other actors uh, lined up for it at first. And then he, he and they're proper name, name, name actors as well. But he went with Matthew Modine, who was like not really that known because he liked him in some like random Vietnam film that came out like a couple of years prior. He was just like I always thought he did really good with casting Kubrick and um and he and I always thought he got brilliant performances out of his actors. I mean, I know it's a bit rough how he did it, like with um, Paul Old Shelley Duvall. I thought, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I like the, the Shining, but you can't, it is a bit 
it is a bit harsh when you watch and you know the shit she went through to get out before. And she's brilliant in it, you know, but... um, Yeah, but I'm going to say this now. While I'm watching it, I don't give a crap about what happened behind the scenes. Yeah, he was quite a cruel... He, he was a cruel director. He was I, a cruel guy. I'll consider it and think about it after. But yeah. while I'm watching the film, I don't want to know any of that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, guy, the man was an absolute genius, right? The guy that Kubrick is, and he'll forever be one of the um, giants of cinema and stuff and all that, but... Man, the guy, you know, he got there by being an absolute bastard sometimes. And, uh, yeah. Have you got any changes? No, not really. I was just going to say, I, I do um, I do know, I do get where Prog's coming from in terms of the pacing. And so certain scenes, I think you could have, you could have taken them out and it wouldn't have made much difference to the whole film. Like, like the mass grave scene, for example. I don't think it's, you could have, don't get me wrong, it's you know, it's it's not out of place in the film, but if you take it out, it's not gonna dampen the film at all, I don't think. It's because you have that sort of throwback to the to the pin he's wearing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, right. I'm just mindful of time. So a couple of things from me. Um is a I haven't got an exact budget. I got a budget of sixteen to thirty million. And then it returned 120. So about four times if you go off the top end of that. Um, there was a scene cut from the film, which um, you may or may not know, but while the Stars and Stripes magazine interview was going on, um, there's a shot of the Marines playing football and the camera pans out, and that's when you realise that they're playing football with the head of a of a human. Well, so, uh, a Vietnamese. Yeah, yeah. So, have, you heard, have you heard about that one before? Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing is um, Vincent, what's his name? Private Piles. Yeah, yeah he um, he obviously put on a, a huge amount of weight to play this role. Yeah. Seventy pounds, and I think that that was a record at the time. The record before that was Robert De Niro at a uh, sixty pounds. He said he got... Go on, sorry. I, I know, but he, he he said in interviews he struggled to lose that weight for the rest of his life. He said that's. Well, that's... I've, I always know him as a big man. No. Yeah. yeah. He was really skinny when he signed on to it, but he said that's really, kind of his body shape and everything that film did. It'd be really interesting to know, um, you know, because you know of like more modern actors, Christian Bale being a perfect example where he will, you know, he, he went from like the machinist to whatever else he did, um, where he put on like Bane, not Bane, um, was, um, Batman. Batman. He put on, he put on a fair bit for that, didn't he? But like, I'm, I'm just thinking like, People like um, Tom Hardy and um, Chris Hemsworth, how much they put on? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much they do because um, some of them went from relatively skinny to like massive people, you know, poor bulk. But then we also know that that's not 100% natural. But different just, story for a different day. I just found a funny piece of trivia, by the way, while I was just looking at the IMDb. Because I, do, I do scan it sometimes to see if I can find any quick, fun little facts. Val Kilmer auditioned for the part of Private Joker. According to Matthew Modine, Kilmer confronted Modine in a restaurant and challenged Modine to a fight because he believed that Modine had stolen the part from him. <laughs> what a prick. He was I'm going to say this now, right? I'm glad they picked Modine because I think Modine's really good in the film. But I also think Val Kilmer would have done really well in that film. I, I would have been it. interested in seeing it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I do like Val Kilmer, but um, he's a good he's a great actor. But um, 
let's be honest, at that time that's he, was in, he was in his pomp of being a bit of an ass, wasn't he? It would have been it would have been too top gear for me, that would have, but that's too top gear. Him playing never him playing never military man. Top gear, do you mean top, top gun? Top gear, top gun. Top gun, sorry, not top gear. Right, yeah, come on. I think about Clarkson. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Uh, Ev, what do you recommend? Yes. Prog? No. Ooh. Ooh. Add? Do you want my rating? I actually got a rating for this one. Go on. Four. Two. <laughs> go, on. Go, on. go on, Prog. Do you? Five out of ten. Five out of ten? What are you all about? Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'd recommend this one straight away, yeah. Um, I, I reckon you can't really be a film fan unless you like full metal jackets. Go on. <laughs> um, I'd recommend as well. Yeah, I, for me, yeah, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, seventy-five percent success rate out of us lot. Oh so uh, yeah, yeah, that's an overall recommend, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, good. that's good. Yeah, that's good. Right, Ad, do you want to do um the wheel of death? So, do you want to see my surprise first, or? Oh, where are you going? Go on. Has he has he bought a wheel? an actual wheel? No, I haven't bought a wheel. I wish you wish I bought a wheel. No. So, like, I even I was thinking about, like, oh, what films can I choose on the next one, right? But I, I was on eBay, and they found this mystery boxes of films you get on there where you just give them a tenner, and they send you a box of, like, random films. So I thought we could either... I, I'm going to pick my selections from this random mystery box of movies. I have no idea. It's not been opened. It's just been sat in the corner of my office here and stuff. I love it if it's not the DVDs and it's some other random shit he's bought from Amazon. <laughs> I love it if they're all porn. Space movie or whatever it was called. I can't oh, say the, the no. proper title. Oh, not that again. Oh. I'm not watching that again. Space movie 1994 or whatever. Oh, like, Space, space N from oh, Gay, uh, gay N wasn't it? Gay N from Out of oh. Space. Wasn't it? That's it. <laughs> That's on YouTube, by the way. You can watch anyone who's listening at home. Type in. Um, uh, yeah, spa- Space movie 1994, I think you put in. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because you can't put the actual title in. Oh, I should have had a bit of scissors to do this. Come on, Ad. Jesus. I, I'm, I'm quite excited to see. So how do you want to do it? Before I open this box up, like, how do you want to do it? So um, I, I'll just pick my two choices from you, then you pick your own two choices. Yeah, and yeah. Just normal, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, it's like an episode of Take Your Pick with Des O'Connor. How, how, how many have been there? 15. 15 films. Oh, actually... Fuck me, some of these are pretty good. Should I go through them all? Come on, do them quickly. But I actually quite like this. Police <laughs> Academy 1 to 7 and the <laughs> Harry Potter films. <laughs> there's, there's a few different boxes. I've got to be honest, they're all, these are all like deep, yeah, blue, a uh, couple of Blu-rays in here as well, man. So I got I got uh, Lego Batman, uh, Fast and Furious 7, Fast and Furious 8, Fast and Furious is a lot, there's a theme here. Fast and Furious 6. Um, here's the last uh, pile. So it seems to be about 10 in there. Uh, if I can get this open. Uh, I, I, I just want like a... You know when you get those really thin DVDs? And they've obviously come from like Pound Stretcher from back in the day. I really oh, yeah. hope they're them. But you've like ones you've never heard of. Proper Hallmark ones. I love how they sent, they sent him a box of four Fast and Furious films. You're going to laugh at the next load now. Is it Fast and Furious again? You'll find out now. It is. They've said it's Fast and Furious set. Oh, my God. This is the hardest thing to open up I've ever tried to like open in my life today. 
I swear to God, this is in my. You know, this is gl- this is glorious content. This is like. Oh yeah, it's, but people are loving it right now. <laughs> oh my God, this is so bad. This is the worst box I've ever bought. But like, but I, I've kept my myself. The, the, we got a Fast and Furious box set, right? <laughs> Fast and Furious Six again. I've got two copies of Fast and Furious Six. But one of them's a Blu-ray. Fast and Furious Eight again. And Dirty Dancing. Oh, oh, yeah. There you go. The You're picking the Lego Movie and Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Yeah. I thought that would be a really fun section. Look at that. It's wall to wall Fast and Furious, man. Are you starting to wish that you'd opened that box before we came on here? Yeah, I told you, I said on the text, I, like, I got a surprise, which could either be great or terrible, and um, it went terrible. So Here's you a that? question for you, though, Ad, have you got any of those? No, because I've never, I've never it's... felt the need to go out and buy uh, Fast and Furious movies. Um, it's win-win, I, I, surely. It is win-win, yeah, but um, bit gutted. I thought there'd be some, I wanted there'd be some crap in there then. Not that kind of crap, but like bowels of horror sort of crap. But, um, but yeah, let's do it then. So um. Let me share my screen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, true to my word, I'm gonna put down bloody uh, what's it called? Uh, the dirty dancing. And what, what, what? Then we've also got true romance. That's a vi- listener request. And then Ev. Um, oh, was it? Oh, I forgot, I forgot what you. I forgot what you picked. Now, hold on. Um, well, I know, but we got House of. The dead. Oh, that's, that's the, the booby one, yeah. I can uh, give you mine if you want. Wait, yeah, let's get Evans first because um, it's fun to just go for oh, each other. Uh, Flash Gordon, he picked. Oh, where do we, Andrew? Why did you ask? <laughs> uh, choice from Wayne Curtis there. Right, so I'm going to go in order as you appear on my screen. Uh, Evan, your two movies this week, but um, the paper. Hey. Yes. Back in rotation. I know, and um. When Saturday comes. Oh mm. my God. What's wrong with that, Brock? I've seen that before. I didn't enjoy it that much. Brock, Actually, yeah, I, I, can I change that? Because it is, it is bad. No, it's there now. That comes up, Bev. You're, you're not coming on next week. The Wheel, of, <laughs> the Wheel of Doom. Once it goes into the Wheel of Doom, I'd love to take Dirty Dancing and Lego Batman movie out of there, but... <laughs> Wheel of Doom once it's gone is it oh, no bad this is probably the worst Wheel of Doom we've ever had so far <laughs> I'm praying for the paper I'm going to add to that by saying Robin Hood Prince of Thieves yes get in there get in oh, what, what a film and I think the film we've just done was quite a good discussion so I'm going to try and go off the back of that and Get another discussion going and say JFK. I apologise now for JFK because that is quite a long film, but I'm putting it in it. Andrew Owen. We haven't had... No, no, actually, going off, because Adam Baldwin was in our last film, I'm going to pick another Adam Baldwin film. And I think he's in it, but Bodyguard. Not the bodyguard, but bodyguard. What's bodyguard as opposed to the bodyguard? <laughs> Everyone's Googling it now. I'm going to find out right now. Put it on the screen. Um, 
Bodyguard movie, Adam Baldwin. He's in it. My bodyguard. My bodyguard, sorry. So that's my bodyguard. Cast. Ooh, PG. God, that looks. Oh my <laughs> god. And what's the matter with you? Um, I'll try and redeem myself. No, no, no. Go on. Before before we do this, right? I'm putting the trailer for that on as well. So I'm going to get the trailer for that on in a minute now. I'll put that over here and get the trailer set. I've got. Oh, what's your next one, and? Um. We haven't had a bit of Carpenter for a while. So let's go Starman. Oh, is, that the, is that the Jeff Daniels one? Yeah. I'm going to say no, that is hands down the worst list of films we've ever picked. <laughs> so I, I, I'm with Prague right now, guys. I think this is the worst. <laughs> I'm praying. <laughs> I, I've never wanted a booby film so much in my life. It's, it's, it's uh, like a wheel of booby films. It is everywhere. Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Yeah, I think the two that I picked. <laughs> no, I think I think the the paper and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, can uh, can be you know taken out of the booby. Oh, uh, just, pre- just press go, ad. Come on, the paper. The odds are against us here, and I'm just going to say that now. Come on, the oh. paper. Go on, oh, go on, the no. paper, the paper, the paper. My oh, mine hasn't stopped yet. Yeah? Oh, God, it's Gordon. Alive. <laughs> yeah. So for those listening and not viewing, it's Flash Gordon. Oh, I think Adam's gonna have another bout of COVID next week. Can you add? <laughs> That's all right. You can have COVID. You can still watch it and come on the podcast. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. And on that note, podcasts come out every week. Check out our social, uh, our YouTube channel, where we're trying to do a little bit more content. If you want us to do a film in the future, please just let us know. Cheers, all. <laughs>